Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. This is show number 107. We are Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. Right now we are live on the air on World Talk Radio. It's Wednesday, October 16th, 2013. Let's get going. Today's buzz, CR, in case you've been hiding under a rock, that's corporate responsibility. If your organization still thinks CR is just philanthropic deeds and lots of publicity to talk about how generous and wonderful and caring you are, think again. Not there yet. True CR is ongoing. It encompasses treating your employees well, practicing ethical business, putting your customers ahead of profit sometimes. What a thought. Doing real social good. That's where philanthropy comes in. Enforcing sustainability practices and so much more. Now tell the truth. How does your company's CR rate on a scale of 1 to 10, as in 1, not so much, what is CR, to 10, wow, we're rocking it. I have five experts on the show today. We're going to speak to them and hear their ideas, their insights, and their expertise on corporate responsibility. Let me tell you about them, and they sent me some interesting quotes. We'll have them explain in just a few minutes. Joining us first on the panel is Bill Newman, a friend of SAP Radio from Newport Consulting, and he says, quote, recent fire and disasters in Pakistan and Bangladesh illustrate that CR efforts are poorly managed on a consistent basis across global supply chains. In fact, Disney's decision to pull out of Bangladesh based on the government's slow response to the building collapse illustrates that CR isn't just for corporate branding anymore. Lives are at stake. Great quote from Bill Newman underscoring the importance of doing real good and paying attention. We'll talk to Bill in a minute. Joining us also another the repeat guest, John Edelman from Edelman PR, and John sent me this quote, sustainability has moved from license to operate to license to lead. Companies, public or private, big or small, should start activating around these issues. We'll find out what he means in a couple of minutes. Also joining the panel is Mark DeLisi from CSC. Here's an interesting quote from Helen Keller, and this is, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Thank you for that quote from Helen Keller. Mark DeLisi will have you explain the relationship between character building and these circumstances to our topic of the day, CR. Also joining us, another repeat guest, Richard Crespin from CEI, quoting Charlie Engine Wilson. Anybody remember the GM president? Very famous. Here's the quote. What was good for our country was good for General Motors and vice versa. Very well known. We'll find out from Richard how that relates to CR. And rounding out the panel is a new guest on the show, Nicolette Van Excel from SAP. And she sent me the following. Actually, I'm allowed to call her Nico during the show because we're good friends now. She said the following quote. 
Focus only on the things your organization is good at, aligned to one or two social problems so you can make real social and business impact. I have a feeling we're going to crochet that on a pillow somewhere, Nico, because it sounds like it's word to the wise. So join us for CR, nice to have or must have. And this is actually part two of an episode we did earlier this year. So welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Let me tell you a little bit about my panelists. We'll hear their voices now. We're going to switch around the show a little bit and do fewer breaks because we we have a bigger panel, so we get to hear more from them. Uh, first, gun welcome William Bill Newman, Managing Principal and Co-Founder of Newport Consulting Group. Bill is an author, a professional speaker, a writer, and a consultant with more than 25 years of experience in strategy and IT planning across multiple industry sectors. He's also a certified management consultant since 1995. Really, Bill? Back that far. He has led consulting practices at Booz & Company, DMR, KPMG, Bearing Point, and Grant Thornton. Welcome back, Bill Newman. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. Good to be with you, and uh, good day to everyone listening. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining, Bill. Always nice to have you. And, Bill, I have to say, you have just done an extraordinary job pre-tweeting about the show. Every 10 minutes, I get another tweet from Bill Bill Newman for, what, five or six days now. So thank you for getting the word out about this important topic. And, again, joining us is John Edelman, the Managing Director, Global Engagement and Corporate Responsibility, a new position focused on Edelman PR's global citizenship. We have to mention that. Global citizenship, very important. Sustainability and corporate responsibility. Responsibility. John leads the firm's global citizenship initiatives, including CSR, corporate social responsibility, volunteerism, we have to cover that, corporate philanthropy, community engagement, supplier and partner engagement, environmental sustainability, and corporate reporting. John Edelman, how are you today? Great, thanks. Great to be with you. Great to be on this important conversation today. Thank you. And it is an important conversation, very important for companies of all sizes. I want to let our listeners know that it doesn't matter what size company you are, even if you're a startup or the lower size end of SMEs. This is important to every, every company, every organization. Thank you, John. Mark DeLisi is the director of CR, Corporate Responsibility at CSC. He's responsible for the company's global CR reporting strategy and integration of sustainability. We have to use that word a lot during the show because that's important in CSC's business and their clients. In his 16 years with CSE, Mark's positions have included leading the Leadership Academy and working to increase strategic sales and support account development in the company's internal sales training unit. Mark DeLisi, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Great to be here, Bonnie. Thank you for joining. We have to do a shout-out to Melissa Calkins at CSC. She's been trying to get you on the show for a long time, yeah, and here you yeah, she are. Succeeded. She succeeded. She works hard in the background. Thank you very much. And also joining us is Richard Crispin, who is the CEO of Crispin Enterprises, a boutique consulting firm advising businesses and nonprofits on how to work together to solve big problems. And I think working together is another theme we're going to cover today. I have a quote from Richard, another quote. He says, every nonprofit is a business and every business has a social mission. They just don't always know it or act like it. So what does Richard do? He helps firms find the unique social mission where they can make significant impact, which I believe also relates to the quote Nico sent us, and with nonprofits to build programs that attract companies as partners and donors. Richard, how are you? Welcome back. I'm great, Bonnie. Great to be back. 
Thank you for joining us. And let's everybody welcome our newcomer today, our other newcomer, Nico Van Excel. She's the Director of Corporate Social Responsibility for SAP AG. She heads up global social investments and NGO partnerships in SAP's Corporate Social Responsibility Group. Nico's primary area of, area of focus is entrepreneurship in emerging and developing economies. Before SAP, she worked at Business for Social Responsibility, BSR, a global leader in corporate responsibility where she managed consulting teams in the consumer products, ICT, and financial services industries. Welcome, Nico. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. We needed another woman on the show today. I couldn't do this all alone, Nico. I'm counting on you. I've just got a note here. You are, yes. Uh, we just got a note here that we've got 10 minutes left in our 20-minute intro segment here because, as I said, we're changing our breaks around, so this is new. So let's go back and talk about your quotes. Give you each about two minutes. Let's see if we can divide and conquer here. Bill Newman, you're talking about the recent fires and disasters in Pakistan and Bangladesh, and you've singled out Disney's decision to pull out of Bangladesh because lives are at stake. Talk to me. How does this relate to our topic, corporate responsibility, nice or must-have? Bill? Well, I think, Bonnie, when you, when you look at um, sustainable supply chain, which is really a key element of operations, you really start to drive into uh, how people are making their relationships both inside and outside of the company. And when you look at an extended supply chain, it really is an extension of the brand or an extension of the company. And we've seen uh, through some of the work that's been done uh, to, to offshore <clears throat> that always not not always are there things that are as they seem. Uh, we've mm-hmm. we've actually seen uh, some audit theatrics going on when brands come in and look at these contract manufacturers, and, and it's just not good enough. We need to more move more towards um, executive engagement beyond the CEO's office, so that the other C levels, as we found in our um, our University of Oregon Newport Consulting CXO study showed that there's a real engagement gap between the C-suite members, and we need to move Mm -hmm. so that the brands have full transparency as to what's going on in their contract manufacturers worldwide so that these horrible um, disasters that that have happened recently in Pakistan and Bangladesh can be avoided in the future. Bill, would you say that social media, the the huge connectivity of the world, of people of all generations who are so much more aware and can speak out, can literally, I call it standing on the the rooftop or the hillside and shouting out, this is terrible, and and how can they do this? And for example, what is Disney doing there? Is that helping companies have more awareness of their social responsibility today because of these very visible, very instantaneous outcries, Bill? Well, I don't think it's actually as big a factor as we would like to see in developing countries. I think it's more of a bigger stick and more of a customer response in in more of the uh, established companies. So, so Disney arguably has a has a larger uh, income base than even some of the developing nations on the planet. Um, when when you see that their customers are engaging with their brand vis-a-vis social media and in store, and they're beginning to make decisions. I mean, it's not uncommon for, for particularly millennials to go into retail stores and check the tags to see where things are being yes. manufactured. And, and if you have a predisposition against purchasing product coming out of, you know, one country versus another, you're going to make buying decisions. And that hits the real um, bottom line and revenue sales for, for a big retailer. And uh, 
So social media does have an impact. Uh, we, we talk about the concept of om- omni-channel, where omni-channel means that you're engaging with the customer both the, in a seamless platform across uh, in-store activities, uh, web-based shopping, as well as social media interaction. And customers, particularly millennials, expect to be treated seamlessly across all platforms. So from that perspective, yeah, it's a big leverage point, particularly for brands, and they need to listen. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. Let's turn to John Edelman from Edelman PR. Sustainability has moved from license to operate to license to lead, no matter the size of your company, public or private, and we need companies to start activating on these issues. John, tell me what this, ta- what this means to CR. Okay. Uh, over the, my role was just a brand-new role three years ago, and since then I see all forces – whether it's client side or governments or your business partners are all asking you to be accountable in this 24-7 world. Uh, and so it's uh, critical that companies start thinking along these lines. Like in some countries, uh, like in India, they just passed a 2% uh, CSR revenue requirement to pay to the country. So the, the, the issue is that everybody wants companies to take a leadership role because the stakeholders are are asking for it and if you don't start taking this seriously it's going to be legislated onto you in this whole and it's going to may happen anyway but the whole point is to try to get active and engage in it before it affects you and your reputation and you lose market share because you're not accountable to all your stakeholders who are making expectations on you whether you're reporting information you're transparent about information that you have supplier codes of conduct consumers it's all integrated and it's very holistic John, is there any company that's immune to this or that actually doesn't know anything about this? Is anybody uh, hiding where they are not aware of this new pull to lead in the CR field? Anybody you know who's just out there doing their own thing and they say, ah, it doesn't affect me, doesn't matter? Uh, any, any? I won't say bad guys, but any ignor- ignoramuses out there yet? No, I think people are aware of it, but I think some people are in various stages where they are, but more and more, like just in our own experience, we're a private company. We had uh, questions from clients if we were going out for, for request a proposal. There were 365 specific questions about CSR-related issues, whether it was your environmental wow. footprint, whether it was your human rights policy, whether it's do you pass your supplier code of conduct to your business partner. So, And we're sort of right in the middle, but smaller enterprises that you mentioned are right there, too, because we're – the expectation is if we're hearing these things from our clients, we're going to have to push it down to our business partners. So it's a total value chain orientation. So in the future, to make the impact, which we have to do with all the changes in the world and the recent IPC report about 95% you know, human cause of climate change, everybody's going to have to take a stake in this. And so it's going to affect companies, public or private, because your clients and your governments and are going to hold you accountable. Uh, and the stock exchanges as well. There's public stock exchanges now that are requiring environmental, social, government uh, disclosure as well as financial disclosure, and eight of the biggest stock markets already are requiring that. So it's a total holistic approach, and companies, whether you're public or private, as I said, are going to have to step into this act game. Thank you, John. 
Good perspective. Thanks for answering my question. Appreciate it. Mark DeLisa, you sent me a very interesting quote from Helen Keller. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. That's a lot in one, in two sentences there. So relate that, please, to our topic today of <laughs> CR, corporate responsibility. Talk to me, Mark. Yeah, sure. I mean, some of that is a little bit autobiographical, right? Uh, uh, so it's it's talking about my experience with it, but I think what I was thinking about when I read that uh, is really the fact that we are at a tipping point. I think with with strategic corporate responsibility, and what I mean by that is, you know, look, CR. When you look at some of the elements of it, it's been around for you know decades, and, and even though CSC, we've only been doing it for about four years in terms of public reporting, a lot of the elements have been there since the founding of the company. What I think is happening now, where, where I see this quote, and it kind of, kind of rung true to me both personally and, and in terms of the experience of the CR professional, is we are now being required, the ones that are really leading this, like John said, to push it deeply into the business. And, and Bill talked about it in terms of supply chain. You know, we're talking about it in terms of business strategy. We're talking about some of the leaders here that are using it in branding and marketing and opening up new markets for the company. But I really think in, in order to do that, you're going to go through some trial and suffering. We're at a kind of a leading edge of something here. And to really do it well and to really drive it deeply into the, the business, I think just as the CR professional, you're going to run into a lot of, of resistance and roadblocks and have to be pretty crafty about how to get around those. So that's, that's what I was thinking there. When you said pretty crafty, what is the implication there? How crafty do you have to be? If everybody's talking about it, everybody knows about it, you're being taxed if you don't do it. Crafty, I'm intrigued. Tell me just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess when I say that, I mean, you know, you, you have to – it's an art. I, I really believe the leadership of corporate responsibility. There's, there's quite a bit of compliance and there's quite a bit of, of – you know, uh, mathematical components to it. But really in terms of getting it deeply into the business, you have to get the senior executives on your side. You have to be able to bring very different sectors to the table to do it well. So, so it's not just about doing it within your business now. It's also about partnering well with NGOs. It's about partnering with government organizations, local, state, federal, international. So, um, Crafty, when I say it, is, you know, you're going to wear a lot of different hats and you're going to have to pull on a lot of different skills to get it done today. And be very creative, and somebody has to be creative and crafty to be in charge of all that. Good points. Thank you, Mark. Richard Crespin from CEI, quote from Charlie Engine Wilson, GM president. What was good for our country was good for GM and vice versa. Talk to me, Richard. Yeah, you know, like Mark was saying, what I wanted to remind people of in that quote was that this is uh, corporate responsibility is nothing new per se it's actually a return to something old uh, in many ways when, when Charlie Wilson said that it's back in the 1950s and he was making the point that uh, the, the country and GM were rising and falling together and I think that's a lot of what we are talking about today is how um, much more aligned and how much uh, a part of each other's systems we all are. Uh, that's part of interdependency. That's part of globalization. That's part of the reality of our modern economy and our modern society. And we have this received wisdom that shareholder capitalism, that this idea of selfish capitalism where the only purpose of the company is to enrich the shareholder is the 
the law or is the, 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 the truth, and it isn't. Um, in fact, if you go back to managerial capitalism, which uh, Charlie was part of, as was uh, Alfred Sloan, one of the uh, original CEOs of General Motors, they looked at balancing multiple stakeholders, uh, company, employees, shareholders, communities, country, uh, and more. And, in fact, they performed better for the shareholder under that regime than we have mm. under shareholder capitalism. Uh, under under so-called managerial capitalism, the S&P increased on average, uh, an average of 7.6%. Whereas under shareholder capitalism, it's only been 6.4%. Uh, shareholder capitalism is a recent idea, and it's not even a very good one. And uh, what, what I was trying to do there was kind of recall for us that uh, corporate responsibility and a multi-stakeholder view on the world is actually a return to a norm, not a, uh, a total departure. Thank you very much. Good, good insights, Richard. Appreciate that. And let's turn to Nicolette Nico Van Excel from SAP. Let me read your quote again, Nico, and then let's talk. Focus only on the things your organization is good at, aligned to one or two social problems so you can make real social and business impact. I'm hearing the word priority and prioritization in there somewhere, Nico. Talk to me. What do you mean and how does this relate to our big topic of nice to have or must have CR? Go. Yes, Bonnie, there are a couple of things here. Um, so first of all, the world of global business is changing rapidly. Um, I was driving to the office this morning, and I heard that Nissan is now producing cars in Nigeria. Um, we are seeing a lot more momentum around small business creation, um, small businesses generating increasing opportunities in emerging markets. And we see millennials who are a lot more critical of company performance just beyond their bottom lines today. Um, there's more awareness in general. Um, at the same time, I think um, uh, we're looking at corporate responsibility today a little bit different than maybe 10 years ago. So rather than just looking at this from um, a risk and accountability perspective and having a more reactive approach, I think it's really important to see this as an opportunity and to capitalize on business opportunities by solving great societal problems. So the reason I'm, I'm saying prioritize is mm-hmm. um, just providing philanthropic grants and donations um, is still necessary in some cases to solve some critical basic needs. However, if you really want to make this stick and if you want to have longer-term impact, as a business, you should focus on what you're best at. So for, uh, as an example, um, mm-hmm. SAP is a business software company. We provide technology. Um, the critical need we're trying to address is, one, to make sure that we have um, talent. We have enough trained professionals and consultants to work with us to implement technology. We don't have enough students today who are trained in math, science, technology, and engineering. So we need mm-hmm. to work on that. And secondly, we are looking at the world of business as one where small business is generating a lot more opportunity and revenue so we need to drive that momentum by providing, again, our talent and technology. So we've really uh, turned the momentum for our company. Um, I, see, I see it with other companies, too. Um, look at Nestle, look at Unilever, who are really looking at this from more of a shared value approach. 
Okay. Thank you, Nico. Appreciate that very much. And you know what? You successfully took us up to our first break. I want to thank my panel. Great opening segment. We're talking today with William Bill Newman from Newport Consulting, John Edelman from Edelman PR, Mark DeLisi from CSC, Richard Crespin from CEI, and Nico Van Excel from SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Our topic today is CR, Corporate Responsibility. Some of you may know it as CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. Nice to have or must have a pressing topic. Topic important for any company, any part of the world, any size. We have a lot more to learn from our panel. When we come back, I'm going to find out who should take responsibility for this. Is it the CEO, the CIO, the CFO, or is there a new C-suite director's chair in there somewhere with somebody who's going to run the deal? We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for our namesake segment, Coffee Break. What's in your cup today? Bill Newman, first of all, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking, or what do you wish you were drinking, Bill Newman? Bill, do we have you? I don't hear Bill Newman. John Edelman, let's go to you. What are you drinking today? Yes, I'm drinking iced tea out of my Nalgene bottle to remind me every day of what I do on my job for sustainability. What is what is the bottle? Tell me about it. It's it's basically a, a, a reusable bottle, uh, Nalgene, that I constantly refill with water, and I put the iced tea mix in it. And it's just, just a reminder that I'm saving wasting bottles by drinking out of a reusable bottle. Uh, a BPA-free uh, uh, mug, so uh, so it's great. I love it. And what's in the iced tea? Is it uh, black tea? Half, Does it have a little caffeine Palmer, kick? Half iced tea, half uh, half uh, half lemonade. <laughs> I love it. Bill Newman, are you back with us? I am. I am, Bonnie. How you doing? Okay, Bill. What's in your cup today? Your turn. Well, well, we're doing a shout-out to our friends in Portland, Oregon, where we were uh, working together on our CXO engagement study. So I'm drinking Stumptown Coffee, a little French press, and uh, that's available in Portland. I think they just expanded to uh, New York and L.A. So if you haven't gotten some Stumptown, get yourself some. Good beans. <laughs> Glad to know. That's an interesting name. Okay, Mark DeLisi, CSE, what's in your cup today? You know, I, I'm going with my favorite morning beverage, and that's just very basic black 
dark, strong coffee. And it's a break room coffee to boot, which gives it a little added push. (laughs) (laughs) I won't ask. I just won't ask. Richard Crespin, CEI, what are you drinking or what do you want us to think you're drinking, Richard? Well, to demonstrate my sustainability nerddom, I am drinking my (laughs) espresso sustainably sourced uh, coffee. Uh, If you haven't read it, it's a great case study in shared value, uh, the Nespresso sustainable sourced line of coffees. Thank you very much. And Nico Van Excel from SAP, what are you drinking today? Nico? I'm drinking my favorite beverage, which is a chai infused with Indian spices, and it wakes me up in the morning. It's much better than coffee. I guarantee it. Mm. <laughs> very, very interesting. We had a good good spread there. Very good. Okay, I want to find out whose responsibility is corporate responsibility. We've been talking about it. We've described it. We talk about prioritizing. We've talked about up and down the supply chain, doing what's good, what's right, specializing in it, making sure your stakeholders understand what you're doing. It's more than just a lot of fancy PR on a couple of philanthropic activities. It goes much deeper. So, Bill Newman, I tell you what, let's, since we're, we have a big panel and we're trying to really optimize our time here and get everybody's voices on the air, let me go down quickly down the list, and then I'm just going to open it up to everybody and let's just talk. So we'll do Bill, John, Mark, Richard, and Nico. Who's responsible? Who is responsible for corporate responsibility, or some people call it corporate social responsibility. Bill, give me a short answer. We'll run down, and then we'll open and go deep. Talk to me. Well, I think that, uh, as you would expect, anything like this really needs to lead from the top, and that's what our CXO engagement study found. Eighty-nine percent believe the CEO should should be in charge, and they are, but there's a huge drop-off within the rest of the uh, boardroom. We see a, a drop down to just 20 percent of COOs and 18 percent of CFOs. So, should, should more people be engaged? Absolutely. And the real secret sauce is how do we get that engagement um, across the boardroom and beyond the boardroom? Okay, thank you. John Edelman, Edelman PR. What do you see? Whose job is it anyway? I, I, I agree. It's definitely a CEO, you know, t- to lead it because that sort of sets the direction and, and the emphasis. Uh, but it, it takes a lot of people to sort because it has to be top down and bottom up too because. It's important for a CEO to lead, but you also have to get bottom-up grassroots support in whatever initiatives you're doing. Like if you're collecting environmental information from each of your offices, the CEO say, please do it, and it's, it's in, it, but the, it's the local offices and the managing directors of the local offices who have to do it. So it's, cost, I mean, it's sort of top-down and bottom-up, but you know, the inspiration and the drive you know, has to come from the, from the C-suite, and CFOs are getting more involved now, too, because of the financial Good to impacts. know. Thank you. Mark DeLisi, CSC, what sayest you? Agree, disagree, expand? Talk to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think a better question, though, is how are companies run today? You know, what, what, how, how does anything get done in, in a, especially a large global matrixed environment like we have on the companies uh, represented here? And, and so I, I would agree that the CEO has to sponsor and, and there has to be a, a very strong top-down component what I've found in, in the highly matrixed and, and flatter world that we live in now is, is you have to get a coalition of leaders together to really be responsible for it. There's a lot the CEO can do, but there's, in terms of what I was saying earlier about really getting it integrated into the business and being more strategic and taking advantage, like Nico said, of some of the opportunities out there, 
mm-hmm. you've got to get a number of leaders around the table wearing the hat of responsibility, corporate responsibility. Okay. Richard, CEI, Richard Crespin, what do you think? Well, not, I don't disagree with what's been said so far, but I would say that if you're really, to Mark's point, trying to embed this more into um, corporate culture, mm-hmm. what I would suggest is that who, who, needs to be, who needs to be responsible for this? Business school yes. teams. We need to see this uh, integrated like finance into the core curriculum of uh, MBA programs and undergraduate business school programs. Mm. So what, what would you call that? That's a good point, uh, pushing it down toward education so that we talked about top down, bottom up. It, it has to start somewhere, and I was going to ask how you change the culture if you have entrenched, ingrained CEOs who've been there a long time, and this may be a recent development for their company where they're really having to do it, but they don't know how. So I like the idea of drilling it down into the schools. What would you call that curriculum, Richard? Just well, you've seen it in a number of new schools, or actually existing schools that launch new programs. Um, they've called it various things from business ethics to sustainability to corporate responsibility. Um, but you know, I, I would think of it as a more balanced view on, uh, on, on, on management, whether you call that shareholder engagement or you call that sustainable management, uh, either one of those. Yeah, Bonnie, see it un- so yeah, just, go ahead. just to jump yeah, in on this, when we do our work with the University of Oregon, they call it sustainable leadership, which transcends all industries. Mm-hmm. But really what we're seeing is, is the key to take these CR and sustainability concepts and move them, move the conversation into business practices. And in my work in higher ed, um, we definitely see that there's a need and an interest for it, and there are many uh, uh, academic institutions, as, as Richard and Mark were suggesting, that are beginning to push this out not only at a graduate level, uh, business MBA programs, but also mm-hmm. into specific sustainability management um, uh, majors that you can take at an undergraduate level, and the number just keeps uh, moving north. So it's uh, it's definitely key to to again the millennials and the um, the, the folks that are moving and going back into school as well, they definitely have a uh, an interest in the topic. Well, Thank the, you, the other Bill. Reason why yeah. I emphasize um, mm-hmm. looking at academics is because what we want here is not um, do-gooderism for do-gooderism's sake. We want mm-hmm. hard business cases that demonstrate how these programs deliver return on investment. And as, as good as companies are getting it, measuring these things, what you really need is are, are some cross-cutting industry-wide multiple case studies over multiple years, and individual companies aren't going to do that. They're not going to invest that way. Uh, academics, though, can, and we, we need a serious academic conversation about this uh, across the board. Thank you. And Nico Van Excel from SAP, your thoughts on where does this start? You're, you're in charge. You're involved in this directly at SAP. What are your thoughts? Is it the where in the C-suite? Is it going to be an education? What are you seeing in the SAP world? So um, I, I really uh, value the comments that were made um, earlier, and I agree with, with all of them. I, I just think that it's a very careful balancing act. I think it's about having, on the one hand, a very good top-down approach. So, yes, you need the vision that is set by your CEO. Um, you also need a very strong bottom-up um, engagement. So employee engagement, really turning your employees into almost intrapreneurs, to help build the foundation of a lot of the programs um, and initiatives is key too. 
I also think it's important to have corporate responsibility position in the right part of the organization. So you need to have um, a strong foothold and you need to be able to operate and drive your investments strategically with your internal and external partners. And finally, um, critical is not only the universities and, and education, it's also your external partners. So your nonprofit partners that you have to select carefully, it's the government, it's a real ecosystem approach um, to making sure that the social topics you choose are addressed in the right way. So I don't think there's one clear answer. I think it's a, it's a, um, it's a balance between those different actors. Nico, you know, is, is it, go ahead. Who is going to talk? Oh, this, is, this is William Newman. Just Nico, to yeah. your point, um, I, I think it's interesting that what we have found is one of the linchpins to move sustainability, corporate responsibility out of the boardroom is that there's a real absence of, of having metrics uh, attached to group and individual performance targets within, within the organization. And as we all know, nothing that, uh, that uh, doesn't get uh, measured gets managed. And, you know, we called out in our CXO study Alaska Airlines and SAP as leaders in this area in terms of, you know, moving things from just days of service and, you know, lead certified buildings, you know, local sourcing, et cetera, to really embedding it into the culture of the organization. So that's a hat tip to Nico and her team and what they're doing there at SAP. Thank you, Bill. And, Bill, I also have to do a shout-out to the U of O because I lived in Eugene for several years, a couple of decades ago. So I'm always in, enjoying hearing you talk about University of Oregon and the work you're doing there. I want to shift a little bit uh, to another aspect of our topic. I'm going to ask um, – John Edelman here. I want to talk about some of the research you've done at Edelman. Why don't you lead this off? I'll tell you what I have in mind, and then I'm going to have everybody jump in. You're a great panel, by the way, and I'm glad you're all speaking to each other. That's great. So we talked about uh, we talked about consumers and what they expect, and I brought up the topic in the very beginning of the show about the social networking aspect, who's paying attention and who's aware of what your company is or is not doing and the impact it is or is not having. So apparently there's something called the Edelman Trust Barometer and something called Edelman Good Purpose. These are notes that John sent me. And he says, 83% of consumers believe companies must put equal weight on societal issues and business issues. That sounds to me like an overwhelming mandate from consumers, but which companies are they talking about? Just the big brand name, household names? John, or, or what is this? Tell us a little bit more about well, this I research. I think it was a general survey of 60,000 consumers from around the world, and, 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 and it clearly that sort of reemphasized the Edelman Trust Barometer, which is that societal factors such as treating employees well and having ethical business practices are more important to building future trust and operational factors. So, so those two pieces of information relate a lot to how sustainability has really become, you know, operational. And also, there's been I mean, beneficial results. I mean, there's been a lot of studies out. You know, uh, CDP did a study that talked about how if you're uh, managing your business and your climate performance well, you can get a 15% return on, on equity. So uh, the, there's, uh, they, they also talked about savings. There's bottom line benefits of it, too, the, about you could save $780 billion above cost by reducing emissions 3%. So, so the research is showing that there's the expectation that people are activating around these things and, and that uh, 
companies are, are expected to sort of take this because they're going to, you're going to lose market share if, if, if you're not seeing the positive benefits about this. And, and, and as, as was said, millennials, like my role as HR before, um, before the sustainability and corporate responsibility. And when I was in HR, the number one question was training. Now today, the number one question is, what are you doing to give back? Uh, how are you helping make mm-hmm. the world a better place? So all these factors relate to the important, you know, emphasis that, that everybody, that all stakeholders are having, and, and the research bears that out, you know, in terms of expectations, but also financial and, and economic benefit of what you do in this area. Thank yeah, you, Bob, John. Bobby, Who was, can I yeah. jump in there? Please. Um, yes, I, Mark. I, I really think that, first of all, that trust barometer is is excellent piece of, of uh, research. I think what we're talking about here, too, on in terms of companies and CR, is where do the pressure points come for the companies? Where, where are uh, the most, uh, you know, the most pressure, the most uh, impetus to do these things? CSC is a business to business, right? So business to consumers have been dealing this, with this for a long time. Nike's uh, for a long time in terms of of how you know they their factories operate, child labor, and things like that. Business to business is now starting to see it come where we see it primarily is come in through our supply chain. So while we don't have some of the similar consumer, direct consumer pressures, Mm -hmm. we have clients that we serve that are consumer driven. And so they are they are caring about it, but there are other pressure points, right? There's legislation that's that's you know being enacted globally, and we see it particularly in the UK and Europe, but it's coming to the US too. So I think the broader issue here is where what's what's impelling businesses to do this, and where's it coming from? And certainly the consumer pressure is 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 ramping up over the last three to five years. But for the business to business companies. The ones that don't necessarily sell directly to a consumer, I think you're seeing a real shift too in terms of them getting more and more pressure as well. Yeah, and I think Thank this you. is Bill, yeah. I think that this is mm-hmm. really an, an interesting point because it's not just something that people want to do or are nice to have, as we found is one of the compelling reasons in our study, but also there's there's a sound business reason for doing this. If you look at the Dow Jones Sustainability Index, even during the recent downturn years, um, DJSI companies are outperforming their non-sustainability indexes 7 to 22%. So uh, that, you've got uh, B corporations, so-called benefit corporations. There's state legislatures uh, approving new corporate entities, these B corps, were not necessarily the, the benefactors of your uh, of your business operations are necessarily going to be your shareholders. It may be um, broader societal concerns, and that gives people an option whether to, to file as a corporation or whether to file as a not-for-profit. It actually allows people to operate you know, with society and CR in mind. And these are all coming from, from citizens and consumers and from business leaders. So um, you really have to appreciate the trends and where they're coming from. And it's it's not just a choice of, of buying power from millennials. Mm-hmm. Definitely that's important. But there are yes. some real structural changes uh, in the undercurrent right now in, inside of uh, corporate business practices, and it, it's definitely a move in the right direction. Thank you, Bill. Richard? Uh, and, Richard can I, can yeah, I, I was going to ask you next to jump in, please. Yes. Yeah, so you know, a couple points there. I think, first of all, you know, the, the, the whole evolution of the B Corp and some of these other uh, elements came from a belief that shareholder primacy uh, was enshrined in law and that companies needed to have a new form 
in order to not get sued by their shareholders if they pursued multiple uh, values, uh, not just shareholder value. And there's a great piece by Stephen Perlstein in the Washington Post recently where he kind of took that argument apart. And if you look at it, there is really no uh, basis in law for shareholder primacy. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the, the idea that um, companies should balance multiple stakeholders is actually an older one, and it's one that, that, that has, has been around for quite some time. And, and in fact, one would argue that it has been a better idea to manage multiple stakeholders than to just simply seek shareholder value. Uh, under managerial capitalism, the average rate of return of an investment in the S&P was 7.6%. Under shareholder capitalism, that is to say that which was ushered in by Jack Welch and Ivan Boski and, and uh, Michael Milken was only 6.4%. Uh, companies that seek to balance multiple priorities, like their customers, like their communities, like their employees, as well as their shareholders, actually consistently outperform and have outperformed for decades, uh, those that simply pursue uh, shareholder value. Thank you. And, Nico, I want to get you in on this conversation. Please, we have just about three minutes to break. Talk to me. Great, Bonnie. So I think, I mean, a, a couple of things from my side. If you look at pressure points um, and to the comment earlier about B2B, SAP is a B2B company too. Our pressure points come from our customers. So customers um, seeing this, requesting this. We also provide sustainability solutions to our customers where we help to manage environmental performance, human resource performance, et cetera. So I think for a B2B corporations, it's, it's a little bit different. The customers are one, um, one element of this. The other one is really the people. It's our employees and it's our potential future employees. So the, um, back, going back to the comment of the millennials, there is a real, um, and I wouldn't call it pressure, I think it's more an evolution and momentum that is building around companies not only doing this as a feel-good um, good effort, but really having this at the core of their business because that's what people want to be part of. And students going to universities and graduating um, from the top schools and business schools and MBAs are all taking this as part of their curriculum. They're expecting this to be part of a business priority, um, not just something that is, that is an add-on. Um, so I think that that's a really important aspect, and, and a lot of companies like SAP are integrating this into their recruitment, and they are promoting their CR efforts um, as part of a way to attract um, top people. And I think on, with the existing employees, if you look at the momentum that companies like IBM, um, SAP is doing this too, bringing their top talent and taking them out into communities and having them build, um, uh, build capacity for our nonprofit partners, working with entrepreneurs, being truly inspired beyond their day-to-day -day job to do something um, that will help to, uh, to drive business and social impact is really gaining momentum too. So that's just something beyond the regulations and I think the, the core shareholder value premise that I, that I think is pushing the momentum even more so um, than just a pure regulation. 
Thank you, Nico. You know what? We're at our break, but I want to read one quote that Mark DeLisi from CSC sent me before the show. I think this sums it up nicely before we take our break and then come back for our crystal ball prediction segment. He said, today the expectation is that companies will report on their triple bottom line, which consists of a company's financial, environmental, and social impact. I think that sums it up very nicely. I've been talking to Bill Newman from Newport Consulting, John Edelman from Edelman PR, Mark DeLisi, CSC, Richard Crespin, CEI, and Nico Nicolette Van Excel from SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. This is quite a panel. We've got a packed house, and they get it. Great conversation, great interaction. I hope you're all learning a lot because I certainly am. As we like to say, if you want to run with the game changers, you're definitely in the right place right now. We'll be back with Crystal Ball. Find out what Bill, John, Mark, Richard, and Nico think will happen to CR in the next five years. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. What a great conversation. Corporate responsibility. Nice to have or must have. I think we've already come to our conclusion, a foregone and rousing conclusion. It's a must have. Get over it. You've got to do it. Where we found out, how we found out, why we found out. Let's find out what my expert panel, and they certainly are all experts today, what they think will happen. If we had this show five years from today in 2018, what would we be talking about in terms of corporate responsibility, given the fact that we've decided it's must-have. I'm going to give you each one minute on the clock. No kidding, because we're tight today. Bill Newman, Newport Consulting, go. Predict for me. Well, I think um, what we're really going to see is we're going to see more engagement um, at the operations and in the financial level. You know, we've talked about uh, the need to engage with consumers. We've talked about the need to engage um, in, in the broader business lexicon, and right now that's, that's wanting at the CFO and the COO level for a lot of companies, as our study has shown. Um, I think there are going to be some drivers that are going to push that, integrated reporting for sure, which is current and, and um, has moved into, uh, into business practices now, but also things like the Sustainability uh, Accounting Standard Board, 
the global reporting uh, uh, initiative is going to mature. So I think these are going to drive convergence into the quarterly and annual reporting that just about every company is going to want to see, and, and, and consumers as well as uh, shareholders, whether they be societal or individuals or business, they're going to want to see it. And so I expect that will happen for sure. Thank you, Bill Newman. John Edelman, Edelman PR, one minute. Talk to me. Predictions. Okay, two. One, uh, yes, integrated reporting. Inter, inter, environmental, social governance, and financial disclosure will be provided by all public and private companies in the next three to five years because you're going to be in the value chain if you're a private company because your clients want it. Number two, I believe natural capital with this uh, IPCC, you know, 90% human cause of, of climate change is going to become part of the of the uh, of accountability and disclosure as well, which uh, is to manage the risk and the externalities which are unaccounted for currently in, in, in sustainability reporting. Thank you very much, Mark DeLisi, CSC. Five years from today, if we had this conversation, given everything we've discussed and all of the caveats we've come up with, what would we be talking about? How far will CR be by then? Well, uh, I think my pay will be tripled. No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, two, two things. We hope so. Number one, uh, uh, mid-sized businesses are going to come on much stronger. Uh, you're seeing this, this uh, start here, but... You know, some of these large global organizations have gotten it and are really driving it. It's going to it's going to move into mid-sized businesses, really getting this and starting to take advantage of it. And second, I think that concept of shared value has been talked about a little bit on this call. I think that's going to become the de facto standard of how CR is run, and it gets at the notion with CR that. You know, businesses are now a little more, uh, actually much more opaque. So the way things move and the way a business is successful today is through partnering, no matter where you are in, in the organization, whether it's the talent side or it's the, you know, the financial side or the environmental or operations. And, and that concept of shared value is going to become really critical. Thank you very much. Richard Crespin, CEI, talk to me. Predictions five years from today, CR what? Yeah, I think we'll be looking at two things, I, I, particularly with this whole move towards integrated reporting, which has been touched on. I think what we'll be talking about will be the big demographic shift in the C-suite as more boomers retire and as Gen Xers and, and millennials step into more and more leadership positions. They, that will only help to cement and accelerate uh, the movement towards greater corporate responsibility. And so far, we've been talking a lot about uh, large global companies, as Mark mentioned. I think what you'll start to see is a lot more um, private companies, privately held companies, um, beginning to use this, uh, as Nico mentioned, to attract more talent. So you'll see greater levels of disclosure uh, among the privately held companies as well as the publicly held. Thank you very much. And, Nico, before I get to your predictions, I want to read something you sent me before the show that I think will be a good lead-in and a good summary for the conversation. You said, at the end of the day, it is about inspiring and engaging a generation of millennials that see a common purpose in business and society as a norm, not a separate effort to build a reputation for a company or to mitigate risk. Love it. Nico, talk to me. Everybody agree that's just a great way to sum this up, I think, this inspiration and engaging. Nico couldn't have been more perfect. You didn't even know I was going to use that. Nico, (laughs) what are your predictions? After that, give me your predictions. I've got one minute for you, and then I have to close. Go. All right, just just on the, on the back of that quote, um, that's really about um, developing more entrepreneurs within companies that will help drive these agendas. 
And so it becomes a more seamless integration from that perspective. My prediction from a business perspective is that um, global business will drive more pressure for priorities in corporate responsibility um, around key things like resource constraints, bottom of the pyramid and poverty alleviation, healthcare innovation, to really innovate beyond what governments and big corporations do today. So I think that um, SMEs, so the small businesses and entrepreneurs, are really going to fill a gap in economies, and corporate responsibility is going to help to drive the agenda and support that, so much more strategically. Finally, on the reporting, I think reporting um, around sustainability will be fully integrated in financial reporting, so it should no longer be a standalone function that that the corporate responsibility department reports on. It will be integrated um, into the the core fabric of the business, Um, and with that, I think I'm at my minute. (laughs) You, You certainly are, and I need one minute. I'm very selfish, though. I need a minute to close. I'll thank you all in just a second. Guess what? Tomorrow is episode number two of our newest series called Startup Focus with Game Changers. We're going to be talking about selling to the enterprise, going big, going deep. Yes, that's October 17th. Next Tuesday, our series called HR Trends with Game Changers. Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We'll talk about HR business models, the globalization of HR. And next Wednesday, right here on, yes, we are on three times a week. Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. We'll be talking about, ooh, eye on compliance, anti-bribery, anti-corruption, part two from an episode we did on our Financial Excellence Show back on May 21st. Special thank yous and big hugs, if I may, to Bill Newman, John Edelman, Mark DeLisi, Richard Crespin, Nico Van Excel. You've been a marvelous panel. You raised the bar. You set the bar. It's going to be hard for you to follow your act, I'll tell you. Thank you also to Malcolm Kimberlin, my loyal and, and very engaged and socially aware and socially responsible co-producer. Melissa Calkins again at CSC. Thank you for getting Mark on the show. Brad and the Business Channel team, you're a joy to work with. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers signing off. We'll see you tomorrow here on Voice America World Talk Radio with Startup Focus with Game Changers. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.